0: See It or Screw It is a spoiler heavy show. If that's an issue for you, you can currently stream They Live on Peacock or rent it anywhere you can rent movies. If that's not an issue for you, then on with the show. Welcome to See It or Screw It. My name's TJ Davis. He, him pronouns alongside.
1: I am Emily Schick. My pronouns are she and her.
0: Hi, I'm Liam Anderson. My pronouns are he and him.
1: Yay, Liam!
0: Yay, Liam! Liam. And on today's episode of Shocktober, we're talking about the 1988. I don't Mm -hmm. have my notes near me. Yeah, it is. Uh, 1988, John Carpenter masterpiece. They live. Um.
2: Based on a nineteen sixty-three uh, short story by Ray Nelson called Eight
0: yes. O'Clock in the Morning. Yes. It, yes. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll we'll get into the short story. I don't know if you read it, Emily, but like I, I did. I, I took the like cigarette break to read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, who wants to give a synopsis?
1: Not me.
2: Not me. TJ. <laughs> all
0: right. All right. Um, so this movie stars Rowdy Rowdy Piper, and he is not named in the movie, he is simply credited as Nada, uh, which is a nod to the original short story with the main character being named George Nada. Um, but he's a he's a he's a vagabond, he's a homeless man, just hitting the old dusty trail trying to find a job, and he ends up finding some work out in L.A. and um, yeah he does some construction he sleeps in a homeless camp and while doing that he ends up (laughs) stumbling upon a massive conspiracy where we've been infiltrated by aliens to our highest ranks and they are doing everything they can to keep us asleep to their existence and um yeah It's got one of the most badass fight scenes in, well, most six minutes long. Yeah, most brutal Mm -hmm. fight scenes in film history, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, by the end of it, they're fucking some shit up, trying to get people to wake up. I think that's pretty much what the movie is. That's that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um. All right, so written and directed by John Carpenter, based off of a short story by Ray Nelson. Um, the short story is, again, it's it's like a 10-minute read. It's just over five pages long, yeah. <laughs> and it's not complex writing. But mm-hmm. the short story itself is about a guy who uh, ends up... Uh, uh he's at like a hypnosis show and when they tell him to wake up, he wakes fully out of the sleep that the rest of humanity is in. Uh, so he's able to then see these aliens among us and their programming on us in all of our media and advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh but he also gets a phone call telling him that he's going to die at eight o'clock in the morning. Um it, it's definitely got some um, uh, like Philip K. Dick sort of vibes. for sure. Yeah. You know, like I think of uh, We Sell Memories to You Wholesale as like the two of these movies are the two of those short stories are fairly similar in a lot of ways. And not just because they had adaptations come out in the late 80s. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah. But like Total Recall is based off of We Sell Memories to You Wholesale right loosely
1: <laughs> but yeah protagonist and story is like well if i'm just in case i do die let me go fuck up some alien shit and uh manages to wake up the rest of humanity before he you know does actually right.
0: die but still dies of a heart attack at eight o'clock in yeah. the morning <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: but i mean he gets a lot of work done before then so Uh-oh, you know kudos yeah. To him.
0: yeah it's like it's like crank <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's a sequelizer episode. I unabashedly love the crank movies because they're so yeah, much fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, they really are.
0: Um but yeah, we've got Roddy Roddy Piper as Nada. Um Keith he,
3: David.
0: Yeah, with with also mm-hmm. Keith David. Uh you know, fantastic as always. He mostly just does voice work these days, but um, you know.
1: Yeah, I totally forgot he was Lana's dad and Archer.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: But, like, Rick and Morty, obviously, I knew. Yeah,
0: he's the president of Rick and Morty. He was uh, Lex Luthor in the Justice League Unlimited cartoon.
1: Nice. Ruh. I could see that being a really Outstanding. good casting. Mm-hmm. Not not as good as Giancarlo Esposito. But yeah. I'll take Keith David I'll any, Keith any David. day. Uh, him, yeah. I think the last thing I saw him in, like, I still live action was want to at see a Funeral. Movie,
0: I still want to see a movie that has Keith David and David Keith in like a buddy cop comedy because that would just be they, that has potential for hilarity <laughs>
2: like face off yeah yeah
0: oh man yeah yeah, just them in a remake of face off
3: i'd I, watch that would absolutely I'd watch, watch that, that fucking remake. <laughs> hell yeah yeah
1: i would watch the shit out of that
0: um the only other like notable person in there that i can remember is meg foster but just because like i remember her eyes from so many different movies over the years i find it kind of funny that apparently she's had to wear contacts in certain films because uh the directors have complained about her eyes being too much of their own character oh well because she has those Uh, like white Walker, they're very piercing blue eyes Yeah. yeah yeah But yes, um, the, oh man, what the fuck was the original short story a reaction to? Probably tax increases.
1: Uh, (laughs) I don't know, to tell you the truth.
2: uh, It could be like inspired by the space race too.
3: That's possible. And I
2: guess just the space race and and the the thought of like, you know, I guess the 60s would have been a time where you were really paranoid about the Soviets and the sort of creeping dread of American consumerism was starting to be felt.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have some weird shit going on, like the House on American Committee and stuff.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's kind of a modern day witch hunt, you know.
0: Yay. I love how we have those like every couple of decades
2: gotta gotta do red scare gotta do red scare every so often
1: yeah yeah we're uh we're a super cool and good species
2: everything's fine (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but i I honestly like i really love how poignant they live is still today like yeah carpenter's movie you know like it's surprise surprise uh, you know reaganomics bad (laughs) because reaganomics bad
3: (laughs) (laughs) Reaganomics.
0: <laughs>
2: well, I, I wanted to talk about that uh, sort of at the forefront, which is that uh, it's eighty-eight. So we're we're full eight years into Reagan. Obviously, this starts getting written before that. And they I, specifically I thinking... wanted
0: it released before the eighty-eight presidential election, which is why it came mm-hmm. out like November first, I think.
2: Yeah, I I will say that. Uh, I think about American Hardcore. Yeah, it went on November 4th, 1988. uh, Because it didn't want to compete with uh, Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. (laughs) Yeah. October 21st, 1988. But I will say that I think we, we kind of don't talk about, I think it's been cut, not brushed under the rug, but we don't think about the lasting effect. Reagan, this sort of, it's morning in America, bullshit nonsense we got, where... Post 9-11, I think we have sort of experienced like this cultural shift where we don't have optimism as a country. I don't think there's reason to have, or certain people don't have optimism in the country. I don't think there's really a reason to have optimism in the country. Like even when Donald Trump was elected, he ran on everything sucks and only I can fix it. And then he didn't. And it wasn't like optimistic. He didn't run on like an optimistic message he ran on like a nihilistic
0: one yeah make, yeah. make america so think, great again right like right. the implication that you know this nation was once great and we no longer are because the democrats have destroyed us
2: right We're democrats black people gay people whoever you are yeah. um, others but, but i think the uh the fact that like there is this sort of line in in and it's actually a line from american hardcore which is a fantastic documentary if you've never seen it uh, where they go, you know, they kept saying it's morning in America, and we were like, no, it's not. It's fucking midnight. Yeah, and yeah. I think we like we sort of have had the Hollywood left has been destroyed, and it's really funny because it's a commentary. I think I think it's a commentary on movies and on culture more so than just advertising. I think people kind of like see like this. Okay, it's a very naked like you know. Oh, we're only talking about advertising. We talk about like. What are we actually being sold? We're not just being sold like a product. We're being sold a narrative, an idea, like a dream, like, you know, and Reagan was selling us this idea that it was morning in America and everything was going to be fine. And then what he did was he took a broom and fucked us in the ass.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: And we're still paying for it. So, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: It, I mean, it, it like Reagan was like the wet dream of the people that were trying to push us in certain super conservative directions. Austere, from, right? Austerity, all that yeah. shit. Yeah. Like those people started well before Reagan, but like Reagan was their big opportunity to actually like take hold in, right. in a real way. And they did so. And like where we're at now is largely a function of that, like, continuous process having been worked on behind the scenes. Like, the conservatives have had a very narrow-minded focus on, you know, gaining power in, like, despite they being they being a minority.
2: And they've done uh, it exceptionally well.
1: They have. I mean, and the, the terrifying part is, is it's happening all over the world. I mean, it's not right. just... Italy. Um, yeah, Italy's a great example. I mean... England, uh, the last...
0: Like, decade
2: right
1: yeah i mean hell brazil i mean bolsonaro like yeah it's just the it it, it's been the conservatives are considerably more effective and they're proving it right because they actually you know work they have goals and yeah they work together to do things like, maybe it's time to stop being nice, goddammit. Stop trying to reach across the aisle and just no, do what they do, do, that. do. They're not going to no. do
0: it anyway, so fuck them. No.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't so understand do, do why what the Democratic
0: do. Party in this country, especially, still keeps on trying for the pussyfooting around, problem, if you will. Reach across the aisle. And it's like, no, clearly it's not well, they're working. They're not fucking interested in
2: like, it. Because boomers
1: vote more and they don't like anybody who sounds too radical and scary.
2: Bernie Sanders is a compromised position. You can't hear it on mic, but I am farting up a storm.
0: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That's what what I think of Ronald Reagan. I mean, like even Emily and I were chatting not too long ago about how, like, have we, we have never had a good Republican president
3: in our lifetime,
0: and like I I try to think back in history and like who's the last good Republican president? Like, part of me depends on your definition of good. Uh,
2: Eisenhower maybe. Yeah,
1: like, I, like,
0: I was a gonna, gonna say people. Eisenhower, but like, wasn't Eisenhower actually a Democrat? No, he was a
1: Republican. He was a Republican, okay. Yeah, yeah he
0: was a Republican. He yeah. also did some he, he... terrible fucking things, so
1: he did. Yeah. But like, at I least know. you can make some arguments for some of the shit he Nixon did.
2: Nixon started the EPA. Nixon would, yeah. would be to, would Nixon would be to the left of the Democrats today.
1: I agree. Like, that's one of the things that's Which weird l- when you look back at Nixon because <laughs> he's like a shitbag, but yeah, he actually, like I don't know cared about things to an extent at least and like did stuff in that you know that actually tried to further those goals like i don't know It's
0: improve quality I mean, of life <laughs>
1: yeah it's like yeah some republicans in the right setting can could actually formerly at least do things that were good i mean hell mitt romney it, it, it was Romney care here. yeah yeah I mean, mm-hmm. we, we were the basis for the ACA here in Massachusetts. So yeah. Like,
0: is it perfect? No. Is it no. better than nothing?
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It is sure as fuck better than what we had before. So.
0: Although uh, Massachusetts oh. has a weird relationship with uh, Republican governors. <laughs>
3: Yeah, mean, yeah, for some did. reason,
0: love yes, no
2: Charlie I, Baker, huh?
0: I, like for so, well, like I was gonna say, I'm, for I'm some ready reason, for, people I'm ready for love week, Charlie yeah. Baker so much, and it's like, no man, Why? like
1: I don't despise him, but I don't love him. That's for damn sure.
0: But I mean, as, I'm as not excited about anybody. As a Republican, it should have been his job to call out the leadership of his party, and for yeah, everybody who, him who him. didn't call out Trump, fuck them. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's also sort of the the natural. I think there are people. I know this is not have anything to do with they live, but there there's sort of a, a natural progression. I think on the right to fascism. Like I genuinely mm-hmm. believe that. Like I don't yes. think it's an anomaly. I don't think it's unexpected. I don't think it's you know. Oh, this isn't like like this is what it leads to. I would say every time, if yeah. not kept in check,
1: absolutely. Well, because their mean, mentality
0: you... is freedom for me means subjugation for you. Right, yeah. Exactly.
1: And it's baffling to realize that, like, this is a this this is a mentality that we have had issues with basically since we were, uh, you know, realized that societies might be a thing, and you know, we could like uh, organize ourselves. Like, there have always been this type of people who are just like, uh, I only care about what benefits me and fuck everyone else. Right? I mean, like... I'm
2: breaking the ladder up behind me. Right?
1: Yeah. It's like how. But like, I don't, I don't understand how that has persisted throughout time. Like, I just, it's, I don't, I don't get the lack an of empathy. It's
0: unfortunate base humanity thing where if you don't learn empathy, you don't understand it. And right. like, it can be yeah. learned spontaneously. And you can't but teach like, people
2: how to, how, you can't really teach people like how to give a shit about someone else. Yeah. That's really Like hard, you can as kind as of to teach days.
0: children to, and, yeah. and like oh, hope right. that it takes seed, but like trying to teach like a fucking seventy year old man who's never given a shit about anybody but himself,
2: right? Exactly. Yeah.
0: That like, yeah. hey, other people exist and matter,
2: and it's like <laughs> advantageous to them to like not think that way. It's advantageous to think like I think about one of the things I I, I think is maybe unique and that we should talk about in in they live is the. Reagan was sort of the first, maybe not the first, but the first, I think, all we saw on a national stage to combine the like normal shitty business Republicans with like the whack doodle fuck stain, like Jerry Falwell and the, and the, you know, moral majority shit Yes, where like Nixon kind of did it, but Reagan, it was out in the open.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I and mean, I think
0: we should talk about Reagan wasn't know, even quietly racist. Right now, he, he was—he said the quiet part very loudly. Yeah,
1: and he and he was very easily manipulated by people. Oh he, uh, yeah, and, like I mean, uh, especially like towards the, the
0: end of his second term, where like yeah, where he, he clearly was has no his, idea what's weirdly, yeah. happening.
1: His personal psychic, Jesus Christ, like that woman. Oh my God.
2: Yeah, I, I I think that's maybe one of the things we should talk about with they live is like religion as product. Yeah. I think Absolutely. That the, because that's what it has become.
1: Yeah. That's no, at
2: especially at the like, in the United
0: States. like Well, like the evangelicals, especially in the 80s, that helped to rally the people to vote for Reagan. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, telling you like every other, everybody else is the devil and Reagan is our savior. I mean, again, this is why we should be taxing churches because if churches are delivering political messages and they're not... Nonpartisan, right exactly entities
3: I you know
1: i can't remember was phyllis schlafly still alive when reagan got elected oh yeah phyllis schlafly oh, okay. died
2: like three years ago oh okay she, yeah, yeah she that's was, what I, she, she was she uh, was uh, around and doing lady. shit yeah i was yeah. like
1: I, i'm sure she like uh came so hard when reagan got elected
2: yeah she uh protested my grandmother once
1: <laughs> oh i i I, Sorry,
0: I don't mean to laugh at that, but that's just like my I don't know. That's kind of cool. <laughs> in uh,
2: Morristown, New Jersey, and being uh, a librarian, she basically, if you asked for something, she would stock it. Her reasoning being, they're a taxpayer-funded utility. Uh, they represent the will of the people, even if you don't yeah. agree with it, right? And you know, people should have access to that shit. And we're not talking like mind comp, but we're talking yeah. like you know. And, and who knows it is maybe my comp i don't know but uh phyllis Schlafly was mad because my grandmother basically stocks cosmo <laughs> and <Huh>. would really <laughs> stock like playboy you had to be 18 to check it out and shit obviously yeah. but and she was like well we can't have this filth being funded by the taxpayers and it's like well it's being funded by the taxpayers that's what the taxpayers want yeah and she showed up to the morristown library with her little lackeys in tow and brooms because they were going to sweep the filth out of my grandmother's library.
3: Oh, uh, that was just their ride?
1: That's yeah. a, that was, their, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. their method of transportation? It's eco-friendly! It sure is. Uh, I don't you know, know about you, though. I think you, that they though. might have gotten the message wrong, though, because you're not supposed to stick it all the way up your ass. Like that.
2: <laughs> Use lube. We cannot emphasize this enough.
1: Uh, lube must is probably a sin or something, so
2: gotta be drier than the Serengeti. Yeah, exactly. Serengeti is a nice plains territory or terrain.
0: I I just don't know about like checking out a Playboy from, um the library, though. you kind of like, like the
3: idea of it, though,
1: right? Just, like, being like, bold enough to I, be like, yes, like, show
2: me some tits!
1: Yeah, you want to be the one who gets to it first, not the one who gets to it when the pages are all stuck together? Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank You're welcome! You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Van
2: Goo Mondays! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Right. Now I'm just imagining right. like a, a men's group that meets on Mondays in one of the uh, four rent rooms of the oh, library. Yeah. And yep. it's just a circle jerk.
1: Oh, God. The elephant walk is friendly.
2: <laughs> <like> a handshake <laughs> from your priest or your scout yeah. master.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we've gotten way off topic. Actually, they we're live. not even that far
3: off topic. <laughs> no, we're
0: really not that far off topic.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah i kind of had a feeling this one would get really interesting but yeah no i mean like they live it, like it, it's it, you know I, I wonder how many people lived through the reagan era and weren't aware because it's like very truly there there was I, I remember the quote keep us asleep keep us selfish keep us sedated and it's like yeah. I mean, that was kind of the goal of the conservative party. That was a big thing in the Reagan era and I think that a lot of that has uh, stuck around especially with boomers in this day and age. Like I think that That's you sort know of
2: nihilism almost
3: like,
1: yeah, I mean, not, and I, I feel like ahead. a lot of boomers are fairly aware of like the fact that things are very bad politically right now. Um, but even the most liberal ones that I know are like convinced that there's no way the system will fall.
3: And I'm like, <laughs> um,
1: hi, have you actually paid any attention to like world history? Like civilizations fall all the fucking we're time.
2: We're teetering on the edge, baby. Yeah, uh,
1: like, it's, like it's about, 40 about years fucking overdue. time. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's it like it, it. It may not happen in your lifetime, boomers, but it'll, it'll probably happen in ours. I, it and actually, I think it'll happen in the lifetime of a lot of boomers personally. But you know, one can hope. Yep.
0: Yeah, but they have the money to like build their bunkers and just wait it out while we're going like full Mad Max. Yeah, but each they other. don't.
1: They don't. I mean, uh, they definitely. Not anymore.
0: Two thousand eight happened. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Oh, that's yeah. Actually, that's a fair point. Uh. But yeah, no, they don't they and and but they firmly do not believe that they need them. They they live through an era when the bunkers were common and I think now they're like
2: happened and it sort of I hate to say made them soft. Yeah. But like made them believe that nothing concretely bad could happen to them. Right. Yeah,
0: Exactly. we we had I the think... fear of nuclear war and that never came to fruition. Although right, we're like so you... teetering on that edge again, which Fun. oh for sure
2: yeah i mean yeah. i think i think that's it is that there's this sort of i i, I don't think i use the right word when i said like almost like a nihilism but like a definitely like lack of appreciation about the severity of the situation
1: agree and i think
2: that does come from like being sort of well the cold war you know i lived through the cold war and nothing happened so why should i give a shit about this and it's like well it's the trumpets are sounding man like i don't know yeah. what to tell you i yeah. mean
0: the cold war got uh Pretty dangerously close to hot a number of times. Oh, yeah. Even
3: once, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But they just uh are much more comfortable, like, sticking their heads in the sand and, you know, being like, it'll be fine. It's always been fine. And it's it's like, always been fine, right? Exactly. And it's like, and it's like maybe... yeah, they just, I mean, and uh, like, I'm not going to say that living in you know, through like the fifties and sixties, especially, you know, as a, you know, a woman or a person of color would have been like easy, but I I think that socially things could be considered a lot harder then. but like, I think, uh, you know, a lot of financial and pragmatic sides of life are, are were considerably easier and they don't, they're not willing to acknowledge that.
2: No, like, I I I absolutely agree with you. I think that's that's part of it. Is that like if you if you look at their narrative, which is essentially like America was better in the fifties because it was like white man hegemony, basically. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, you're absolutely right. For you specifically, yeah, because you had no competition functionally. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, you were you were king in the castle, and I think that that I think that sort of if you're not being benefited by politics, I think a lot of people check out or feel as though they're not being benefited. And then you have this sort of, you know, you have like black women carrying the Democratic Party because for them, there's still like skin in the game. But for a lot of, you know, white people in their 20s or 30s, they're they so used to the advantages in life.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and for boomers too, they're so used to being on top that you don't give a shit if the ladder comes up with you or not. Mm-hmm. You just don't care. Why would you? Yeah. You've been on top your whole life. Mm
0: hmm. Well, it's the same as no. people who like complain about having to pay taxes for public schools in the towns they oh, live yeah. in because they don't have any kids in the school. And it's like, well, not it's everything has, has to, to directly benefit you.
1: It's Yeah, for other people paid taxes <laughs> to have to fund your kids when they were in school. So <laughs> why the fuck do you get out of it? Like.
2: Oh, exactly.
1: It's just so selfish. I mean, uh, like. And yeah, I mean, I. Th- like the oldest boomers are now 76 and it's like all right hurry up go go away go away yeah, come right. on just keep just keep going Except keep going <laughs> yeah i mean my, my yeah my my parents aren't are pretty good too but like it's it's still like just, again despite the fact that my parents are fairly liberal in a lot of ways they especially socially they just don't they 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 still don't believe when I tell them that the system's going down,
0: right? Which is extra funny because there are so many people in their generation as well that can't afford to retire,
2: right? Yeah, and, and that's what sort of boggles my mind is that like, boomers will still like this affects you too. You don't have a nest egg anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like, but but they fully bought into the idea that if you don't have uh, what you need or what you want, it's because you failed, not the system failed you. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Which I think is a, a, not maybe a uniquely American psychosis, but it, it, it does always make you think just because, like, they're, I think we're one of the only countries in the world that basically treats our old people so shittily. Like We're not the only country who treats them poorly, but like this nakedly like naked contempt for old people is i think uniquely american
1: i agree i mean it's uh, america has so pushed the narrative of the individual you know matters the most uh so far that we've like you know yeah, you you see more comical examples of main character syndrome in the younger generations because probably because they just have more energy, but it's like come on boomers realize that most of you have that problem too.
3: Right. Like, There's no
2: self-awareness because they had it they had it good and now they don't have it good and that's somehow the millennials fault.
3: <laughs> yeah
1: and and I mean and a lot of them do still have it good like way better than like even boomers who lost a significant amount of money there's a lot of them that it's like there's no fucking way that like we would get there this, to the same place on our own like no matter right. how like unless right. you really lucked into a job that like or
3: generational you know, wealth right like,
1: yeah or yeah that like a job that pays you a shitload like I don't know you decided to go into like
3: uh, IT security like
1: 20 years ago like, you're probably making a shitload of money at this point. But, like, right. yeah. If All you did right, so what you're right, trying to
0: tell me is that if I want to be successful now, I need to first invent time travel so I can go back. Yes,
2: I am unironically telling you that. Okay.
1: Yeah. Damn. Or maybe try going forward and hoping that, like, we figured out that, you know, uh, the value to society is not pure, should not purely be based on the monetary value of a job. Manipulating
2: yeah, we're money gonna, around we're, is not a real fucking job some bankers. <laughs> we're
1: yeah. we're going to tear up you know apart artists before that.
0: It's
1: true. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's depressing.
2: Yeah. I thanks, love, yeah. Thanks, John Carpenter.
1: Yeah, thanks, John Carpenter.
0: I'd love to get paid to art.
1: <laughs> hard same.
0: Yeah. I mean,
2: I uh, highly recommend it if you can call a podcast art.
0: Well, I mean yeah. technically this is art. We are we are engaging we are in artists. film film analysis.
1: Yeah, which we're would doing be a form art. of
0: journalism which I would still call journalism art.
3: Uh, <laughs> well, right, actual
1: journalism not like the shit that we see on the TV or in the papers cuz that's well, really not journalism anymore. Yeah, go
2: read ProPublica. That, that's my advice.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um I fucking
3: oh, about right, well, I want here, to like
0: actually talk about this movie, but I All feel right. like we just keep on talking about like the topics around the movie, no, which I don't have a problem with, which like
1: it'll it come works. back. I here, let me drag us back into the movie with something that's like totally unrelated. Did anybody else remember that Keith David was hot? Because I sure fucking didn't. Oh, uh,
3: yeah.
2: No, I didn't. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and he is. He is a yeah.
1: I'm a like. I know. I was I like I'm watching the movie going, fuck me. Keith David used to look like that?
0: Yeah. So, fun fact about that scene cuz we're we're going to talk about like the 6-minute fight scene here for a minute. Um it was only supposed to be like a 30-second scene. Yeah. But um Keith David and Roddy Piper like practiced it in like the backyard of John Carpenter's production office for like three weeks. And by the time they were done, he was just like, man, they put so much time into it. And it just, it feels so real that I'm going to go with the whole thing. And So cute.
2: It feels like kids try to impress their dad.
0: It really does. And I love it. But like, yeah, I, it I feels like, love, a like, yeah, it feel like, like a real fight. Yeah, like that's what I love about it so much. Like you feel like everything in it except for like they'll slightly pull the punches, but like everything in it except for the groin and face shots, they were actually like hitting each other. Which gives it a lot more of that visor reality. Sure.
1: Yeah. Absolutely buy that. Yeah, it you it's it's not nothing about this movie feel well i mean nothing about the more important elements really feels overly produced in this and i actually really like that it's about it
2: because there's a lot of people that like are like oh the effects are terrible i'm like well it's also like a homage to shitty b movies yeah right? yeah, that too it can be both
1: yeah like i i'm you know you're you're allowed to play Do around more with than that one thing of with stuff. a movie yeah yeah <laughs> It's uh, not doesn't have to be a formula because formulas can be boring. Oh, uh,
0: uh, fun fact! It is the only John Carpenter movie ever to be the number one movie in a weekend. Like it was, wow. it was number one for its opening weekend and then quickly disappeared from cinemas. But it is the only John Carpenter movie that he's directed that had a number one weekend which just felt weird to me but i guess there wasn't that as much weird. appreciation for like halloween or escape from new york back when they came out or the thing i mean the thing didn't get love for like big 15 trouble years little until shy after it? uh come on big trouble's amazing but not everybody loves it <laughs> i love it <laughs> you love it but not everybody other loves pe- it other people
1: if <laughs> Then other people are
0: wrong. Wow. All right. Well, wrap it up. <laughs> um, uh, one of my favorite lines in movie history. I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubblegum. I'm gum. All out of bubblegum, yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That was not a John Carpenter line. That was a Roddy Piper line because he had it in yeah, his it, like, notebook right. of like one-liners for when he was no, coming out on stage ring. for wrestling and just john carpenter really liked that one so he said yeah go with it
1: <laughs> yeah and i think he actually continued to use it in his professional life as well
0: he did end up also using it again in his professional life <laughs> um, uh carpenter had wanted roddy piper to speak more about the anti Reaganomics message but being here on a work visa because he's canadian uh he didn't feel comfortable doing plus roddy piper actually liked uh reagan so well of course he did God damn it <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> reagan smash <laughs> reagan sleepy <laughs> uh all right what else we got in this to talk about oh there is like this shitbag guy who's like a guy like george fuck flowers or something like that who, who's like the homeless guy at the beginning who you know ends up becoming like your stereotypical well i would guess that he's silent generation technically but like fuck you got mine yeah because yeah he, he ends up getting brought into the society at the end I don't know why he's so trusting of them, given that they look like shit by the time they get to him. Mm -hmm. And he's wearing a tux and he's like, oh, just bring your boys in, huh? (laughs) I'll give them the grand tour. Yeah, that's
3: that's
1: a bit weird. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially a
0: plot device to get them into the TV studio, you know?
1: And it's not the most implausible plot device I've ever seen used. So, you know, it's fine. Like, yeah, there's a lot of things about this movie that it's kind of funny, like, how when he accidentally finds that, like, hidden room with the, the special glasses that allow him to uh, see the aliens and their messages, um, like, he's making so much fucking noise, he's presumably, like, in the room next to where those people are all talking, like... <laughs> How the fuck is it that no one except the the blind reverend or whatever actually hears him and it takes him fucking forever to pick up on it? Like he made way more noise like two or three minutes before that. And it's like everybody's just blissfully unaware.
0: I just love how he like, you know, like a doofus stumbles back into it. Mm hmm but then when he comes back for a box of the glasses without knowing what's in there he he gives it like this like Steven Seagal kick to like get it open and it's like dude you could have like lightly pushed on that wall to open it you didn't have to like it
1: (laughs) I'm sorry if you had an opportunity to do a Steven Seagal style kick or like not wouldn't you like do it just because it would be fun yeah probably (laughs) so that's pretty realistic in my mind because I totally would,
0: too. Uh, all right. I really wanted to talk more about this movie, but I feel like we're grasping at straws already. What else you got? Em? We
2: usually do that.
0: Oh, we got like a full hour with Dan out of uh, next week's Shocktober.
2: What's next week's Shocktober? Are you going to tell me or do I have to guess it?
0: Oh, people under the stairs. So check back next week. How, how did
2: you get a fucking... Okay, you know what? I'm not, I'm not here to ask questions.
0: Hey, you'll have to listen to it. <laughs> I, I, sort of, I
2: sort of blew my load on getting mad at Reagan. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, kind of feel in the same way. It's
0: easier to blow your load at getting mad at Reagan. Um, I
2: think part of it, too, though, is something we should we should talk about, which is that how movies, especially horror movies, especially weird sci-fi movies, reflect the fears, at like uh, contemporary fears. Mm-hmm. And I think the 80s were maybe the first decade where we had, like, a conscious awareness, at least some people did, of what it meant to just sort of be a consumer, where that was a, a thing you now took pride in. Right. You know, and it, and it's not as though people weren't proud of, like, you know, if you lived through the Great Depression and suddenly you could afford a fridge, like, that was amazing and you would be proud of that. But we're talking, like, conspicuous consumption, uh, I think, is is... I think the term introduced in the 80s. And I think it it sort of reflects Carpenter's fear of like just having an economy entirely based, or not an, but a society just based on consumption.
0: Well, so like yeah. pushing I to actually, margins. I would actually say the first movie that, well, the first major movie that did that, for me would be Dawn of the Dead. Because I think that, yeah. that was like 79. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, like that. that is like, that that entire movie is an Zombies allegory. Is oh, yeah, capitalism. I mean, that's pretty fucking... <laughs> On the note, capitalism, (laughs) yeah, but yeah, is this also why, like, the left of Hollywood started just getting weirder because they were like, Well, we shouldn't really complain about all this money, but
2: we're gonna anyway,
0: yeah, we're gonna Mm -hmm. anyway,
2: (laughs) which I think is very admirable, personally.
0: Well, you know, I don't think that John Carpenter's ever really been. I think he's more prolific than he is successful. Sure.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I could see that.
0: And I
2: think people maybe conflate the tale.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I mean, it was really fun watching Studio 666 and seeing John Carpenter have a cameo in it. Uh, Plus, I think he did, like, the theme music for it, which is weird because you'd think it would have been Foo Fighters, but whatever. I think, but... But hey, man, yeah, if I wrong. could get John Carpenter to do a score for my horror movie... Oh, yeah, you wouldn't have like fucking heard me. Oh, exactly. Movie, absolutely Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Why? Like, it's like, no, I suck. You do it.
0: Yeah. Please, Mr. Carpenter. <laughs> Please, Mr. Carpenter. <laughs> Can I just have one dying. score? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
1: yeah. Wow, we spent, like, all the energy... Being mad about Reagan, who are loads
2: on Reagan. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh well. man, I do. I like. I'm just gonna gush for a moment. Like, I love the shit out of John Carpenter, the director. Like, oh, yeah. it's oh, it's yeah. hard for me to think of like what my top five is because there's always like six or seven movies at least that are like sort of floating around in there because he's That's got the thing he's got some solid fucking films. That's the thing <laughs> to mm-hmm. answer your question.
3: Thank
0: you. Mm. Wait, what? It's the thing. Oh, that's yeah, the movie. Oh, the thing. Yes, the thing. Um, yes. Ooh, I like. It's the thing, TJ. It's the thing. I don't know, man. Wait.
2: No, it's 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 the it's the thing, TJ.
1: <laughs> I'm staying out of this one. It's the thing, TJ.
2: Okay, now on our next episode. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, On our next episode, we finally Coo TJ! Hooray!
0: Woo! Uh, uh, no, because we already gave the preview for our next episode. No, we didn't! Shut up! It's the people under the stairs.
1: <laughs> Alright, fine. Then we Coo TJ. Alright, then, we coup All right,
0: TJ, then you guys can Coo me. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, <laughs>
1: verdicts? I'm guessing? Yeah, let's do verdicts.
0: Uh, Emily, what's your Verdict?
1: it's definitely a see it i mean like we just got a really interesting in my opinion you know discussion that was deeply about politics and society and yeah uh like that was brought up by this movie which also just rules to watch so absolutely see it
0: Mm -hmm. uh uh, liam what's your verdict oh uh Am muted, so ah, uh, hopefully, everything's okay. So, I guess I'll give my verdict. Yeah, uh, you go. My, my verdict is a resounding see it. Um, be, because come on, man, like this one is always in my John Carpenter top five. Yeah. I mean like like I was saying like numbers float around uh, The Thing is definitely in there Big Trouble in Little China um, Escape from New York um, In the Mouth of Madness like John Carpenter's got some solid fucking flicks and They Live is always somewhere in my top five so absolutely see it
1: totally.
2: perfect timing yes I absolutely see it I... it's not as good as The Thing but see it, and then see it. If you haven't already read uh, People's History of the United States, uh, read that, and then watch this movie. Well,
0: that's
1: or if you more really horrifying. hate that, <laughs> I was going to say there's a there's a handful of Behind the Bastards episodes I could probably point people yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. More or less the same information, but like funnier with like dick jokes and shit. No, so you shouldn't be
0: amused. <laughs> Everything should be unhappy. No. Uh, all right uh so verdicts are done it is a unanimous see it on this i would actually be really curious if dan was here if he would actually be a screw it, would say screw it to, to be annoyed probably
1: would. I, you know what he, he, he might, might not <laughs> i don't know I, like i i it's,
0: it's got points to drag he'd be like oh it could be 40 minutes long it's like nah man take I think me the on good this journey
1: might outwin it for for him on this one but i could be wrong about that maybe i'm just overly optimistic but he's
0: not here so we don't know hey liam why don't you pitch your stuff you you could have rhymed
2: if you had said shows uh no. yeah so go listen to ten thousand
0: losses <laughs>
2: <laughs> lines led by donkeys and well there's your problem hey emily
1: yeah, he's reminding me that we also have another podcast together because you know, why not? Uh, it's New England Beer Reviews, uh, where it's just TJ and me mostly, and sometimes guests talking about beer uh, listen and to it. also it's really culture.
0: good and stuff and pop culture, sometimes politics, it's similar to this. Plus, beer.
1: currently going going through each episode of Great British Baking Show this season because yeah. he- why not?
0: Because we're cool kids. But yeah, we are
1: cool kids. It rules. You should watch it if you don't.
0: But yeah, beautiful. Uh, Nice. We've been Cedar Screw It. I've been TJ Davis alongside Emily Schick and Liam Anderson. You can check us out on Facebook and Twitter, and you can give us money at patreon.com. Backslash S I O S I. That's the initials of our show. See it or screw it. S I O S I. I'm gonna actually make tears. Uh, wow. <laughs> but uh yeah. Anybody with a final word?
3: Uh
2: it's not as good as the thing
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Liam wins. Yeah. Yay, all right, good
3: night everybody. Right.
1: Bye. <laughs> Bye.